Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. It ain't over until the fat lady sings. At least that's how we play it here at Fantasy Sports Daily. We welcome you in on a Tuesday, the second day of 2024, which also means the second get-together this year for Ray Flowers and myself. Kyle Elfrink here, the Oracle over there. Ray, a good Tuesday to you. Good news, the holidays are behind us. Uh, we're done with those. It, it was a busy, gosh, two weeks almost? But I guess we can officially say... Back to a little normalcy uh, here on the second day of January. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing. I guess it is. Uh, I think this year was really messy depending upon how you handle things, right? Because the, the falling on the calendar of Christmas and New Year's Eve might have screwed some people up. Next year it'll be better, folks. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be it'll be nice to kind of get back into the groove uh, for one more week of, of football. And then things all kind of start to change as we bring other sports in starting next week. You just uh, used the word messy. That is a perfect description, Ray, of week 18 of the NFL season. And today on FSD, uh, we're going to take an early look at week 18. Not so much the matchups, but where we stand in terms of playoff implications. And like I said, um, it ain't over till the fat lady <coughs> sings. Now, maybe the the overweight gal has uh, already sung in your league, and it is over. But I know there are folks out there maybe finishing up a championship matchup, maybe you play both 17 and 18. Uh, maybe you've just arrived in your championship matchup. And along with that, Ray, and hey, I get it. People don't like this. I don't hate it. I embrace it. I, I kind of enjoy the chaos. Mm -hmm. But along with playing in week 18, Ray, are the fears of sitting out. And the fears of who's actually going to play, who's going to try. Even if this guy starts, is he going to play four quarters? Ray and I will take our first look at where we stand going into week 18. So this will matter not only for those who are actually playing in week 18, but even for the DFS player. Kind of give you an early look at uh, some of the teams you might want to stay away from, some of the teams you might embrace. Of course, another issue we've got, and uh, gosh, banged up quarterbacks everywhere. And it's not so much that guys are going to miss week 18, but Ray, it was wild with the, with the little bit of news that we got on Monday. Even the guys that are going to play in week 18, they're all beat up, which, which makes sense. I get it, 18 weeks. But, man, we're at the point, and I know this will be a topic, Ray, in the offseason, but it's like, what more can we do to protect these guys, you know, to get them through the season? And I, I don't think there's an answer. I, I think the league, Ray, has done everything possible outside of eliminating sacks to try and keep these guys healthy. There's really nothing else to protect these guys with for the league. Yeah, I really do believe that the league has actually gone too far. And I think a lot of people share that opinion. Like, guys can't even tackle the quarterback anymore without getting plaques, like legitimately. And I know they don't want headhunting, and I know they don't want, you know, body slam. I know there, there's things that you can clean up here, but you can't fall on a quarterback with your body weight. I mean, my goodness, like you're, you're running it full. And we all like to watch it in slow motion and say, oh, yeah, the guy could have. It's one step. Like, run at full speed, folks, and stop in one step. You can't do it. So I think they've already gone too far. I hope they don't institute new, newer rules, because if they do, we start inching toward two-hand touch. It's, it's getting close, Kyle, so hopefully they leave it the same. Well, in all honesty, Ray, for a century, it's been play until the whistle. Mm -hmm. Now it's play until you get close to the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what's happened for the defenders. Uh, but we will talk about... Some of those guys who, again, we think will play in week 18, but where they stand with some injury issues. We'll sneak in a little NBA. It's a Tuesday. Justin Finsterman is going to hang out. We got to talk with Justin about the big trade that the Knicks made. His Knicks made last week. So we'll see what the fantasy fallout is there. And also the latest on Wander Franco as uh, that story continues to develop just a bit down in the Dominican. As always, especially for those who are just joining us in the new year, uh, we've got promo codes. We've got discounts. Ray, give us a rundown of the Fantasy Guru discounts as we enter a brand new calendar year. Yeah, I'll start this simply with saying you don't even need a promo code for this one. It's just the deal we have. If you're if you're wanting to keep the football thing going, and by the way, thank you to everyone who sent notes of, of thanks, whether it was on social media or in the Discord room. I honestly don't remember uh, a time where more people said thank you. So, oh, wow. So thank you. Yeah, very, very great to, to see that for me and the whole staff, you know, to get that little 
thank you after a long season. Um, and our thank you to you is let's keep this thing going. Uh, so let's play DFS now. The regular season is over for the, the, the seasonal situation. Regular season's not over for DFS. The playoffs aren't over for DFS. You can sign up for DFS over at fantasyguru.com from now through the Super Bowl. And that gets you the articles. It gets you Discord. It gets you rankings, you know, everything you need, uh, live streams, all of that. It's 50 bucks. Check us out if you haven't played DFS. It's a way to keep going uh, if you did the seasonal thing as well. And then the promo code is FSD20. That gets you a 20% discount on any of the products we sell, no matter what sport it is, no matter what product it is. You want to buy, you want to buy hockey, you want to buy basketball, you want to buy a baseball cap. All of it, use the promo code FSD20. And uh, with that emphasis, I think it's fair to say on week 18, uh, we may emphasize DFS just a bit more than usual. Uh, maybe get a couple of guests on both Thursday and Friday, Ray and I breaking down the positions a bit more. So uh, do plan for that as we get into the weekend. Um, let us get into week 18. Let's take our first look at the weekend. And before I get to that, if you've got any questions, as always, you can uh, X us. Do people say that yet, Ray? They can X us instead of tweet us? I think us. people still say tweet. Yeah, I... I don't think they say excess because no one knows what that means. <laughs> yeah, good, good point, though, Kyle. I don't think people say that. Yeah, well, I'm going to start it, I guess. Okay. You can excess, which usually means you cancel us, but not this time. No, it means you can you can write us. Uh, you can send it into the chat room uh, via YouTube as well, Facebook, uh, as always. I uh, do want to mention, because uh, some of you may catch us live every day and you don't even know this, if you ever do miss us at 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, do sign up as a subscriber to our podcast. Uh, just go to your your pod store, whatever it may be, and uh, type in Fantasy Sports Daily should pop right up. You can subscribe. So even if you're on the road, if you're tied up with the kids, if work is keeping you busy, uh, you can get the audio version of everything you see and hear uh, here live. And of course, we've got the YouTube channel where you can always go back and re-watch Ray and myself. Uh, Ray looks to be in a hiking I, sort of uh, vibe today. You're, you're yeah. really enjoying this green screen, aren't you? I, I am. Yeah. This is lovely. My, my Ollie's actually back there. You can follow him on Instagram at Ollie Aussie Dog. He's standing in the middle of a valley right there. You can't see him. Oh, I see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Mind your head. Okay. At Ollie Aussie Dog. But yeah, I'm in a. I'm in a. I'm enjoying the green screen. It works great. So I've been using that. Uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in the jungle. I wore my little, you know, outward bound sweatshirt thing here in case I'm having fun. Uh, one other thing too, by the way, at the website we also store the show. Some people don't even realize that too. You go to the Elite Plus tab at the top, and then you can find Fantasy Sports Daily, too. We, we catalog everything there. But, yeah, I'm going green and green, Kyle. Green and green. That's how Ray Flowers is going to roll today. Um, okay, Week 18, Ray. Um, now, all of this is very confusing. It always is entering Week 18 as to playoff scenarios. For the most part, that doesn't matter to us. Like, who wins, who's in, who needs a loss here. and We just care about who's going to play and who, what the matchups are. Safe to say, Ray. As we look to this weekend, the only thing, and it's not even certain, but it's very likely, Baltimore and San Francisco, very likely to sit their stars. Now, the Niners have already come out and said Christian McCaffrey's out. That's no surprise. We saw the injury in week 17. I think everybody could have played that guessing game that they wouldn't push him for this weekend. Now, the Niners haven't said Brock Purdy and Debo and Kittle are out, but Ray, they're the one seed. They can't hurt themselves. They can't help themselves. Baltimore is in a similar situation. John Harbaugh did say yesterday, um, it's not certain that we'll sit all these guys. And you've always made the case, Ray. It's it's a little worrisome to sit guys. Because just to play this out, um, the last game was you know December 31st mm -hmm. for Baltimore and San Francisco. It's going to be three weeks, Ray. Yeah. If you sit these guys three weeks of not playing football, which I get from a, a physical standpoint, you love to rest up to heal up. You don't run the risk of, of furthering an injury this weekend, but in the playoffs, Ray, the game already and the emotion and the, you know, the intensity jumps up yep. a couple of levels. It, it's tough to just restart the engine after three weeks off. So I, I get what Harbaugh and Shanahan are saying to where maybe this isn't totally settled. I would suspect, even at best, if Jackson or Purdy plays, it's like a quarter or two, mm -hmm. and then they sit, which makes it really dangerous to start anybody, I think, from these two teams this weekend. Yeah, having the home field locked up, they do have nothing to play for. They're looking ahead, and it is that fine balancing act. Uh, I think you also have to look, and whether this is fair or right, I don't know. But I think you do have to look at the fact, and we talked about this in particular with Lamar Jackson yesterday. Lamar Jackson doesn't play in December. 
Lamar Jackson doesn't play full like he did it this year. Are we going to attempt fate? Like, how long are we going to leave him out there? Like, you know, he's constantly missing four or five games. That's what his MO has been. You know, if we, if he goes down at Tyler Huntley, yeah, he's okay, but we're not winning the Super Bowl with him. So, you know, that I think that you, the coaches run that bouncing act. Is, is four series playing, let's say, right? They play three or four series. Is that yeah. enough? Does that matter? Eh, you know, I mean, they're out there at least to your point. But yeah, I don't, I don't like McCaffrey's one thing because he's hurt. I don't like the I'm going to rest the guy. Because, and like you're talking about, have weeks and weeks go by running around on the practice field, you know, in your shorts is just not the same thing. Well, and I would say positionally, I handle this differently. Let's say, um, now this may change in the next two days or by whenever, but let's say, Ray, we hear that, yeah, we're going to let these guys play for a bit. Debo, Purdy, Zay Flowers, likely, you know, all these guys, Jackson. At quarterback, Ray, I, I would still sit these guys. Jackson and Purdy, because that is a position where the raw point total is very important. You know, if, if I only get two quarters of Brock Purdy and it's nine points, that that's a killer at QB. You know, I may actually want, um, I'll just throw this out there. I may be more interested in four quarters of Gardner Minshew, four quarters of Baker Mayfield, four quarters even, I don't know, of Mason Rudolph. At the QB position, Ray, I would probably still be looking for another guy. At these other positions, like if I hear Gus Edwards is going to play or Debo, I might be willing to chance at those spots. But at quarterback, I'm not. Even if I hear those guys are going to suit up, but, you know, we'll, we'll play the, play it by ear. I'm not chancing that because I don't think these guys, no way, no how, play a full four quarters. I don't even think they see the second half. And at quarterback, I got to get four quarters from that position. Yeah, and the early rankings, and they were early because Jeff posted them at 3 o'clock in the morning today. Um the early rankings don't even have Lamar Jackson in there at quarterback. He's just not even, you know, he's not even listed. We got 32 guys up. He's not even on there. And, you know, the, in the, in, in the DFS or the seasonal space, you're totally right. You can't afford your quarterback to play a good game and get you 12 points. Cause he only played half the game. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. So, you know, those guys that we, we don't like as much, the guys that we're not huge fans of necessarily guys with even maybe difficult matchups, they surpass these other players. If we're pretty confident, they're not going to play a full, full, you know, game and Lamar Jackson, I, I don't, I don't even know if he'll play. Like it might be two series. Like I really don't even know how, how much will be out there. Brock Purdy, another one, especially with CMC down and all that. So yeah, it's definitely something we'll continue to monitor at fantasyguru.com, both in the rankings, in the articles and in the discord. And, and maybe one thing to consider, and I say this for people who are still alive, still playing a championship and maybe they're running waiver wires tonight, the backups Ray for these teams, um, can be of of some interest for both these squads. Now, I would need to know that starters are not going to play to really be fired up about these guys. And again, you're making waiver bids without that knowledge tonight. Now, if you're doing waiver bidding tomorrow, maybe we have more knowledge. But you look at both these sides, Ray, certainly under center, Sam Darnold and Huntley Huntley. in in Baltimore, they could be of interest. They, They could be top 20 options if we found out that Purdy is sitting and Jackson is sitting. So for people who maybe don't have a backup QB or for people who have a lousy backup QB or QB1, QB2, whatever it is, I, I think Darnold and Huntley are both in, in the uh, crosshairs for waiver bidding tonight. Yeah, and be smart about this too. We, we could randomly see guys get hurt in practice, right? Mm-hmm. It could happen. Guys could randomly sit this weekend. It could happen. If someone's backup quarterback is Tyler Heineke or Aiden O'Connell, like that's who you're facing this week. And, and Darnold or Tyler Huntley's there, go grab those guys. They're better options than those level quarterbacks. So you can do a little bit of blocking too if you have that space and you should at this point heading into the finals if you're still playing in the seasonal scenario. So, yeah, I think that both guys, absolutely, Darnold and, and Huntley would be top 20 in that scenario. Currently, we have Huntley at 14. So, yeah. you know, he's top half uh, the league this week according to the early rankings over at FantasyGuru.com. The big name's Elijah Mitchell. And again, for those who've prepped accordingly, Ray, you know, I, I get, oh, I don't have Christian McCaffrey for week 18. Well, if you've done your homework or done it correctly, and I realize things happen and, you know, it's been four and a half months maybe since you drafted Elijah Mitchell. But Ray, if he's available, that that's like a, a, a slam dunk pickup for anybody out there. He and, and maybe Davis Price gets some work. You know, that's mm-hmm. not the worst thing to consider. Uh, but certainly if, if you're in a league where Elijah Mitchell is sitting out there, even if you're not going to start him, which... Mm-hmm. Gosh, if I had him, Ray, I think I'd start him this week, wouldn't you? I mean, he he kind of lands in that 
top 20 running back field, if not top 15, I think, this week for the Niners. Currently number 12 at fantasygamer.com. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, and this speaks to the the way we suggest people create their teams, right? If you had CMC, you had to add Elijah Mitchell. Maybe you didn't draft him. Maybe someone else grabbed him. Maybe someone dropped him. He didn't play for a month. Like he was on the waiver wire if he didn't grab Mm -hmm. him. If you had CMC, he was a must get. We talk about it all the time. As the fantasy playoffs approach, you've got to handcuff your top assets. Uh, I found it interesting. I totally agree with you. I agree with the rankings here. I read an article at a pretty major uh, source of information uh, last night that suggested that they don't. They would start and, and target on the waiver wire Jordan Mason because Elijah Mitchell could be rested this week, which I mm. I don't get that because Elijah Mitchell is going to get hurt. It's a matter of just when, right? So I don't know why. What are the Niners holding him out for? They're, you're going to hold. Would they? You know, well, would they get even Davis? I mean, are all these guys going to be involved? I guess there's part of that where they could go with like a two, three headed backfield. Right. You know, Mason gets the goal line work. I. That's a lot of guess. I don't think anybody has a great read on that, Ray, unless we hear it from the mouth of Kyle Shanahan as to what they're going to do in the backfield, which I'd say is probably doubtful leading into the weekend. Yeah, but I mean, look at this, too. If you look at I'm, – I'm pulling up Elijah Mitchell. He's got 20 carries since Halloween. Mm. Like, we're talking about guys needing to get in game shape and get getting yeah. – he's got 20 carries since Halloween. Like, you're going to – if Chris McCaffrey goes down and play three in your first game of the playoffs, you're, you think Elijah Mitchell can handle 20 – Candy, I mean, you know, he almost did last week. I get it. And he was effective, but you got to get in a rhythm. I mean, he's had one game of five touches since Halloween. So I, I, you know, if he is removed from the game, it's because the Niners are ahead 24 to seven and he's got a touchdown and 95 yards rushing anyway. That's how I personally see it. Some other names to consider from these two teams, and it's all circumstantial. You know, I, I don't know where people are in terms of desperation, but these are also some DFS plays you can think about. Uh, Justice Hill, Melvin Gordon, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Rashad Bateman. Maybe those guys get a little extra leash this week on the San Francisco side. Uh, Ronnie Bell, Jawan Jennings, um, Ray mentioned Mason. Let's see who else may be there. Uh, McLeod, you know, maybe gets a little more run. as well. So again, it, it's not decisions, especially in DFS, that you have to make today. But those are some names to consider. So those two teams, again, for Week 18, very messy, very cloudy. You'd prefer not to have to make a decision regarding those two teams. As for the rest of, of week 18, Ray, Kansas City, Cleveland, Miami, they're all locked into the playoffs. It's just a matter of where are they at. So in effect, they have something to play for. Um, Cleveland, I think, could rest some guys. I don't know if that's really going to be the case. You know, Cleveland is a team that's going to play in the first week of the playoffs. They've really never been there, most of these guys. Um, they probably need more reps with Joe Flacco as good as it's been. You'd like to have more reps. I could see Flacco taking a seat in the second half just because they don't want to go to a fifth quarterback (laughs) into the postseason. So that may be an issue with Cleveland. I think that may be a problem. In the NFC, Detroit, Dallas, the Rams, Philadelphia, all those teams are in the playoffs. But again, positioning. Philadelphia, Ray, is in an interesting spot. Um, Philadelphia right now is more than likely to be the five seed. Uh, what would happen is Dallas would have to lose to Washington, which many would consider unlikely. And Philly would have to win for Philadelphia to vault to the top of the NFC East. It's an unlikely scenario. So Ray, people look at Philadelphia and say, well, that's, that's shady. You know, what's going to happen there with, with Jalen Hurts, especially, as I see it, Philadelphia has looked so bad mm-hmm. in the last four or five weeks. Don't you have to play these guys? I, I I feel like the Eagles need to have these starters going in with some momentum just because it's been very up and down, very rocky, um, no, no real smooth runs for this Eagles offense over the past month. Lost to the Niners, lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Seahawks, beat the Giants, lost to the Cardinals. You want to go into the playoffs resting guys? Have at it and you're out. Yeah. Like that's they can't they they've played like ass. And this was a team that we legitimately a month and a half ago were saying, many of us, including me, is one of the one or two best teams in football. And now they're probably not even the best team in their own division. Like this, this is they gotta go. And so they, if they could come out, and this is the Giants, an overmatched team that they're better than. They could come out, and it could be a boat race 27-3 to three at halftime. Like, they could come out and just throttle them. And in that scenario, we sit the guys. But if it's, you know, 
if it's like it was a couple weeks ago when it was only a handful of points separating them with the Giants, you know, if they're not looking good, if they're not putting, you know, nice drives together, they they need to figure this out. And, you know, I guess another piece of this, too, is Devonta Smith and how active mm-hmm. he's going to be with this ankle foot issue. But, yeah, if I'm looking at the, the Eagles right now, I say if the Eagles players rest this week, it's because they're demolishing the Giants. And in yeah. that instance, you've probably gotten good things in the fantasy space. I I, I think let's again. I think they've got to be out there just to hit some kind of rhythm. And I would chance it with Hertz. I, I I think he would be in my lineup. Like I said, even if Jackson and Purdy are starting for the Ravens and the Niners, I'm probably not playing them. With Jalen Hurts, I'd play him. I, I'd chance it there. Um, other issues we've got: Buffalo, Miami. Lot on the line. That's the final game of the season. It's Sunday night football. Lots on the line. Uh, they're playing for the AFC East. Uh, along with that comes the home game. Josh Allen dealing with minor neck soreness. I don't think that's going to be an issue. But Ray Jalen Waddle's probably out here. I I don't know. They're they'd love to have him, but I'd be surprised if anybody has Waddle. Mostert, I think he probably plays. But again, my, Miami's. Heck, they were even saying Tua with his shoulder. Now, Tua says he's fine, but Miami's really beat up, but the game means so much for them against the Bills on Sunday. Yeah, and then Howard and, and Chubb on defense. Like, the this was all looking great a month ago for the, the Dolphins, and now it's like, yeah, you know, things are – both sides of the football were looking a little bit like our, our ship is starting to list a little bit here. They need to – I think they're much like the Eagles, that they need to establish something if they can, right? Because it, it's one thing to say – we lose the football game. We're still in the playoffs, all that. If they go out and get smoked by you know the Bills, that demoralizes the, the fan base. It demoralizes the team. That's a big hurdle to know, overcome and say, all right, we got to get back on that horse now. The playoffs have started. So I I agree with you. At this point, I would expect Mostert to play. I don't know about Waddle. Maybe he gives it a go, but from the sound of it, even if he does, he's not going to be at 100%. Uh, and it's, it's a matchup with the team that is streaking, even though, as we talked about yesterday with the Bills, though they're winning and everyone's afraid to play them now, their offense, they need to find a rhythm too. So this could be a really interesting game for a variety of reasons. Um, but I think that the the, the Dolphins, they they got to show uh, an impressive effort here. Uh, it's really necessary. Well, they haven't done very well against good teams this year, you know, so yeah. they, they just need some kind of success. Uh, Buffalo has got to win to assure that they are into the postseason. Remember, Miami's in. But if if Buffalo wins, they win the AFC East. If Buffalo loses, they can still back in. uh, But they would need, let me get this straight, um, either a loss by the Steelers or the Jaguars. So if Buffalo were to lose, they could still sneak in with a loss by the Steelers or the Jags. Speaking of the Jags, uh, they are not locked in. Trevor Lawrence, uh, shoulder injury, hopeful for Week 18. We'll see, Ray. Um, I I guess they will push him if they can, because uh, they if they win, they win the AFC South, they get a home game. If they lose, they need help. So Jacksonville's not assured of anything. Uh, Houston, Indianapolis, that's a Saturday night game. The team that wins is in. Um, I think they can maybe sneak in with a loss, but a lot of crap has to happen there. Uh, Pittsburgh has got to win. Um, and Ray, the Steelers announced that even though Kenny Pickett's ready, mm-hmm. they're, they're sticking with Mason Rudolph. And honestly... I can't disagree with the decision. Not that Mason Rudolph is a notable jump from Kenny Pickett, but he is a jump. It's It's been a little bit better with Mason Rudolph versus Kenny Pickett this year. Yeah, and I read a report that's not a verified team source or you know, Adam Schefter. I read a report that Kenny Pickett basically said last week he wasn't even going to suit up. It's very interesting because uh, he learned he wasn't going to be the one and the two. They were going to make him their emergency quarterback, and he said no. And again, I don't know if that's true. I just read a report. But it, I think it speaks a little bit to – potentially what's going on in that locker room. And here, here's the way I see it from the outside with knowing nothing. Their head coach rules with an iron fist, and it works. And yeah. he's looking at what they're dealing with, and it's like, look, Trubisky, you stink. Pickett, we gave you chances, you stink. Mason Rudolph's not great, but he doesn't stink. We're going Mason Rudolph. And, you know, Rudolph has done the manager job very well. We talked about him yesterday. 270 yards in both of his starts. Uh, not a, Somehow it's 10 yards per catch. Uh, 10 yards per attempt, excuse me. A lot of that to do with George Pickens, but – uh, it's it's avoiding turnovers and and doing enough through the air to allow those two backs to to really control the the pace of play as they've done uh, as they did expertly last week. And even if the Steelers do win, they still need help. So uh, it's not like a win and in, but they've got to give you know their their best effort. Um, a few other teams 
New Orleans got to win. They need help. Atlanta has to win. They need help. Tyler Heineke, by the way, is iffy. For this is he season. hurt, Kyle? Is that true? Or is that? Yeah. I don't know. Do I care? I don't. I mean, Ray, if I own guys like Robinson, London, Pitts even, like I'm not changing my outlook no matter who the QB is. It's It's been terrible all year. So if you've been playing those guys up to this point, like I don't even, <clears throat> excuse me, care about the QB news. It doesn't change anything for these guys with Atlanta. It's amazing how there's still lots of there's rumors out there strongly suggesting Arthur Smith is staying. Which <laughs> okay, good, good luck, Falcon fans, if, if that's the case. Minnesota, Green Bay, Seattle, all teams that need wins and a little bit of help. So if you're just a football fan, it's going to be fun on Sunday. A lot of things moving around, a lot of games to follow. And for the fantasy player, Ray, that's playing in week 18, again, it sucks. I don't think San Francisco, Baltimore is going to play guys, but that's two of 32 teams. You know, there, there are the usual number of injuries, I think, this week. So that that's what we're looking at, Ray, is, is because two teams are sitting guys out, people don't want to play in week 18, which always befuddles me, but that's where people stand. And as you've always said, most setups, what is it, 10 active spots? Uh, so we have 20 active spots for the two teams in the finals. Yeah. There's only two of 32 teams playing. How many teams in the finals have those guys anyway? I mean, so, yeah. yeah. There's still people playing week 18, and we're still giving advice over at fantasyguru.com. You can hit us up in Discord. You can find me on social media at the Ray Flowers. But there's still people I'm seeing that are doing the double, 17, 18, and then just 18 on its own. If for any reason you need a kicker this week, the Rams signed Brett Maurer, so you might want to look at that. that that's a cheap $1 maybe free place kicker. Uh, for the Rams. Uh, speaking of the Rams, Tyler Higby dislocated shoulder this past weekend, so we'll have to follow his status this week. Uh, good news for Bo Melton. Well, I don't think anybody talked about Bo Melton until 48 hours ago. Sunday night, he goes for six catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Ray, on Monday afternoon, he is gets a, a signing from the practice squad to the active roster. So good news, he has been putting in the time and the effort all year and going into the final week of the season. He makes the team with the Green Bay Packers. Isn't it funny how that happens? You read that and you're taken aback for a second. Like you don't play in the major leagues if you're in AAA, right? It's just yeah. a it's a weird scenario. You can be on the team, you can be active on game day and not actually be part of the team. It's just <laughs> a weird way that the NFL does that. But yeah, like you said, good for him, right? And now there's some people, you know, whispering dynasty. Maybe. I don't know. They've got 18 receivers, yeah. you know, and all this kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, good for him. He's he's on the active roster. You go for 100 yards and a touchdown. That happens. And we didn't see anything on Jaden Reed, did we, about that chest injury? I didn't, I didn't see, see anything update. mentioned. Yeah, so okay. so that Packers, again, they're dealing with Watson and all these other guys. But the Packers going into this weekend, still a team that's alive, still a team that needs help. Uh, but if those guys are healthy enough to run around and play, they probably will be out there going into week 18. Tomorrow on the show, Ray and I will go game by game, give you the rundown, the uh, spreads, the game totals, all of that stuff. Maybe some more information on who's in, who's out, if that is a decision for week 18. So we'll get to a lot of that coming up on tomorrow's show. As we uh, break away from the football, let's go to the hoop side of things. We do it every Tuesday. We do it with our friend Justin Finsterman back with us for 2024. Wow, he's looking different. Looking different in the brand new year. Happy New Year to you, Justin. Great to see you, sir. How did you uh, ring in 2024? Yeah, I just pretty much sat there watching, you know, the dark side of comedy, a new series that I'm in into actually there are these there's the dark side of wrestling or dark side of the ring whatever it's called they also have other series like dark side of the 90s dark Ooh. side of the 2000s there's one about beverly hills 90210 you should check Ooh. out there Kyle. by the way justin and i have this weird fascination with 90210 i don't even like the show but we were hanging out one time and we stumbled into a a, a portal a, a rabbit hole of 90210 crap did you see ian Ziering? Did, did you see that video Steve no standards oh Justin, go to TMZ on, on, I think this was Sunday afternoon, Ian Ziering, the actor, right, got into a fight on like Hollywood Boulevard with a bunch of mini bikers. It, it, it like, it, it, he said one of them hit his car, he got out to check, and, and the bikers were fighting Ian Ziering he, in the I mean, middle, I think Steve in the middle of Hollywood. Couldn't Steve Sanders just pay him off or something like that? Wait, <laughs> wait. Finn could have pulled out his chainsaw and gone out to him, you know? Yeah, Sharknado. Yeah. No, this is legit. And, and I will say, you know, sometimes, you know, guys who are actors, they, they find out they're really wimps. He was taking on like five, six bikers there. 
And the, it was good pushing and shoving and fighting. But I was impressed, Justin, with how a Hollywood actor handled himself in public for that fight. I mean, think about it. He's always got people probably try to take pictures of, with him and stuff and <laughs> mess with him and stuff. It's true. I mean, all of them. I mean, that's what they deal with on a daily basis. They should know how to defend <laughs> themselves or at least some form of self-defense in case someone tries I, to mess with them. I, I'm watching this and it's like five, six bikers kind of go after him. And he handles, I mean, again, he's not. It, Look, it's not maybe maybe, maybe, maybe Draymond Green taught him how to fight. <laughs> yeah. But check it out. It's it's good video. Um, okay, let's get to NBA. That's our goal here, right? Talk a little NBA. Um, congrats to your Knicks. Big trade. You were talking about this last week. They got to get some size. They go to Toronto, and the big get is not the size. I mean, Achua was added kind of in the deal to, to give them some depth in the paint. But the big move with Toronto, OG Ananobi going to the Knicks. Uh, Toronto getting, let's see, Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett. Yep. All three of these guys debuted last night. It was pretty good for all three of them. Kind of talk about the fantasy fallout with Ananobe going to the Knicks and with Barrett and quickly going to the Raptors. So Ananobe's value doesn't change all that much, except he should have a little bit more when it comes to the shot volume. Because one thing with Toronto is they've got a lot of guys who can handle the rock, which is why I, I wasn't surprised because I we've been talking about it for weeks that Toronto's going to sell. But at the same time, getting the guards that they did, they have a lot of them right now, which you know says a lot about the trade in general. But with Ananobi, he gives the Knicks, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, he's going to be in there. He's going to be getting more shots. They're going to need him in there. This was a big move to upgrade their defense. The Knicks were getting crushed, especially once they lost Mitchell Robinson. They were getting crushed in the lane, crushed in the paint defensively. And that's going to be a problem right there with their style because they need to be able to shut down that lane. And they weren't able to do it. And as much as I love R.J. Barrett and thought that, yeah, nice futuristic piece for the Knicks, he his defense got worse and worse as the years went on. He was actually a pretty good defender his rookie year. So you got to give R.J. Barrett his flowers, though, because the Knicks wouldn't have beaten Cleveland as easily as they did without his strong shooting from downtown, which he struggled with throughout his career. But Ananobi still gives you that scoring, but also gives you more aggressiveness, especially on the defensive end. So from a fantasy standpoint, his role remains with a little bit more usage coming his way. So that's for Ananobi's side of it, Kyle. I mean, we could talk as well about the other side of it, which, look, we got to see what happens next because Emmanuel quickly, if they're going to start him, that usage is going to go way, way up for him because he wasn't able to get enough playing time behind Jalen Brunson. So if that's what Toronto is going to be rolling with here for the foreseeable future with him starting at point guard, I mean, to the moon with him. Barrett, though, it's going to be interesting. I think with Barrett, it's going to be similar. He'll have his high-scoring games, and he'll have his low-scoring games. I think with Barrett, he's going to be used as more of a shooter because you've got Pascal Siakam who can drive the lane. You've got Scotty Barnes, who's one of the fiercest drivers out there as well. I think Barrett's going to be used, utilized more as your secondary shooter from downtown. If he's hitting shots, he'll get fed more. Let's follow up on that, uh, Justin. And the trade deadline still, we got some time before it shows up. But are either of these teams likely to make other moves? Is this the start of something big? Is this kind of all you think they're going to do? Are they going to shoot their shot, if you will, Justin? What do you think? Ray, I don't think Toronto can go into the future with this roster that they have. They have too many guards right now. And they got Dennis Schroeder, who they've sent, recently sent to the bench. Like I mentioned, they got Scotty Barnes, who's kind of, in a way, like a, your Taysom Hill Swiss Army knife. You know, he can play in the post, but he can also play as your off point guard. And that's something that's very vital. And you got to think that the future of the Raptors is going to be built around him. Guys, I am wondering, wondering. Who is going to get Pascal Siakam next month? And let me let me tell you guys this too, because I went on a whole rant last week about the betting. Pascal Siakam has been one of our best friends for the Elite Mafia over the last few weeks. The Elite Mafia right now is someone who represents it, one of the capo regimes of the NBA side. I'm going to say this right now. We don't want Pascal Siakam traded. I want the lines to still be low on his points, rebounds, and assists, or points, rebounds, whatever, points, assists, any combination, the scoring line. I want it to remain low because he continues to take down front courts. And me thinking that someone's going to get him, that role's going to change a little bit, and it's going to be harder betting him on another team. But, guys, I just – either him or Dennis Schroeder, one of the two, him, Dennis Schroeder, or Gary Trent Jr., 
One of those three to me is being dealt by the deadline. Justin, I share a beard with the beard. Uh, that's about the only parallel I want with this guy. I think your beard is pretty wimpy compared to James Harden, right? Well, it it doesn't look as good when it's black or gray. Kyle, Kyle, you know what Walt Frazier said in that commercial, right? No play for Mr. Gray. No play for Mr. Gray, right, Ray? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Guys, let's not get personal here on the show. Um, Talk to us about Harden. He's a clipper, right? Like, what's going on? Like, is I haven't paid any attention since the trade. Because, again, I, this guy, I'm just tired of the whole thing. Even my nephew, who used to love him two years ago, is now tired of James Harden. Talks about Harden, the Clippers, how the team's looking, all that kind of stuff out west. I'm going to say this. As someone who's been a hater on this guy for the last few years, I'm the other way now. I like him. I mean, I thought if there was any team, any possible team he can fit with, the Clippers. And that's because the Clippers need that secondary offense. Now we've seen what this team looks like with a healthy Kawhi Leonard, for the most part, a healthy Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And they have, they've had their times where they've had to go out a game or two, but having James Harden gives you so much insurance on offense. The good thing is, and this is interesting because I was also wondering how the starting lineup would fall out with James Harden. They sent Russell Westbrook to the bench, which is perfect because James Harden, if he just needs him as a shooter, you need to upgrade your defense a little bit. You shift him over to the two, and now you've got Russell Westbrook, who's actually a very good defender. You can have him limit probably your fatigued starter. So it works out. It's a little bit of NBA voodoo and how you stagger your rotations. And that's why I like what the situation has brought. I like what James Harden has brought. I like that the first I guess, few weeks of him or even the first month, we saw him in more pass mode. And that just showed that even though he says, I am the system, he actually acted like a systematic player who just got there. He was passing off a lot. And I'm sure for a lot of us DFS players that were paying at the time 7500 for him, they very frustrating. You want him to score more. You're used to him scoring, but you saw more assists. Now you're starting to see him score more, which shows he's acclimated. He's in the same hop step as the rest of the offense and very rhythmic. And I like that. And that's actually made me into a James Harden fan and kind of want to root for the Clippers to be able to compete. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, well. If we stay in California, a lot of people want to root for the Warriors. No one roots for Draymond Green. Um, no. Wait, wait. Do you think that? Do you think that the Warriors fans have now turned on him? No. Okay. <laughs> no. The, the, the Barry fans didn't turn on Barry Bonds. No, they're not turning on him. That's a great comparison, though, because both of those guys are such heels. <laughs> oh, Justin, you're such an East Coast. Um, let's stay on the West Coast. I brought up the, the Warriors. They're obviously underperforming, right? They're at that crossroad this year. What are they going to do? They're going to make a move. Another team in that same what what's going on here is the Lakers. Another team out west, and you know you have LeBron, you got uh, what's his face at center. Who am I drawing the point? Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Thank you, thank you. You got these two guys. You're not spe- expecting to be in tenth place. So talk to us about the Lakers and you know what needs to be done and what will be done, or is this just the way it's going to be this year? Man, you would always think that a team that has LeBron James finds a way to make moves and the Lakers aren't going to be shy about that. They know about the window that they have with these two guys. They know that not even, I mean, we always talk about Anthony Davis and his injury issues, but even LeBron, we've seen issues with him. These guys are like questionable, by the way, every, it drives me crazy when I have to do the slate write-ups or even potentially bet. It's Drives me crazy that they're questionable every single day, but that's another story. The problem is they're not getting as much impact from their other pieces. Yeah, when one of them's out, naturally someone's going to step up. The usage is going to go way up, and it's almost like a process of elimination. Somebody has to score. But when you're looking at this team, ultimately they've had to make changes in their lineup. Because D'Angelo Russell, as much as I like his offensive game, he is a horrible defender. You can't build around this guy. They had to take LeBron James, almost 40 years old, and put him at point guard against the 25-year-old LaMelo Balls of the world now. That's how desperate the Lakers are to get any kind of defense. Now, they made a big offseason acquisition for them in their puzzle. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent's been hurt, though. He wasn't even looking that great when he was in the few games, but now, I mean, he's having procedures. He's missing now two months. They are in desperate need of long-range shooting. They got to get someone. But now, to bring this conversation full circle, Ray, I talk about Pascal Siakam. I I keep having this nightmare every other night, I'd say. 
Into the head of Justin Finsterman. Here we go. Pascal Siakam going to the Lakers somehow, some way. I don't know if they, they view this as their window. They have to with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they'll trade whatever picks, which are draft capital is king in the NBA over the last few years. And they try to woo Toronto to be like, ooh, take all this draft capital here and pick swaps. Here's Pascal Siakam. And that changes the game. Does it help them out as much defensively? No, but A, it preserves Anthony Davis. B, it gives them a little bit of floor-stretching ability. And imagine that powerhouse post of Anthony Davis and Pascal Siakam. There's a reason I say I get nightmares from that. Justin Fitzman joining us uh, for a little hoops talk. We do it every time. Tuesday here on FSD. It's fun to talk about Harden and, and Davis and LeBron. I, I do want to bring up a few names that are much less discussed. Love that. Um, and, and maybe we'll spend about, I don't know, maybe a minute on each guy. You got three guys for you. Uh, Derek White is over in Boston, Jordan Clarkson in Utah, and then Josh Giddy in Oklahoma City. Again, we'll go one by one. First, Derek White. I, I don't watch the Celtics a ton, but I got to tell you, Justin, every time I flip the TV on and they're on, Derek White's like making plays. Like he's making big shots. Um, he's always kind of been just a guy to me. Is he more than just a guy this year with the Celtics? So remember when we had that conversation about Drew Holiday, where at first it's like, I love the acquisition. He gives, you know, mm -hmm. gives the Celtics so much on both sides of the ball. And then I think a few weeks into the season, I came on, I said, guys, I don't know what it is, but Drew Holiday isn't the same defender or anything like that. Well, now watching this on a per game basis, I mean, Derek White is this team's point guard. Derek White does a lot. Like you say, Kyle, he's always making an impact. And it's very simple, basic fundamentals. He's always moving around. And that's why when you have games where Tatum's out, Porzingis is out, or Jalen Brown is out, that's why Derek White thrives. And that's why we look at his props in high-octane environments. Because, yeah, Drew Holiday's there, and their stats are pretty similar. But Derek White has the edge in a lot of categories. He's very smart, and he does a lot of – and I make this comparison – does a lot of what Jalen Brunson does. Yeah, he shows he can shoot from the outside. But the teardrops, man, like what Mark Jackson used to do back in the day, the teardrops are just so effective, and he's so good at them. And that's what makes – because you have the defense at this time – if they know that you're not shooting the three, they're going to step back a bit. Okay, so Derek White takes three dribbles and teardrop open every single time. He's just very good at reading the floor. Very you know, and anybody that watches the Celtics or plays on the Celtics, if you read any comments, he's the glue of this team. Yeah. He's the glue guy. Like Jason Tatum's the main impact player, but this guy right there is one of the players that's your impact player with either the first or second unit. Player two is Jordan Clarkson. Uh, last night, a triple-double. Now, that's his first ever. It is the first Utah triple-double since 2008, Ooh. which is kind of wild to think about. It, I mean, that had to have been, if thinking about who it was, it had to be Darren Williams then. I think I saw the name, but I don't think it was Williams. Was it Andre Karolinko? Uh, uh, it, it, it wasn't yeah. Boozer. I, I like want to know who this is now. It wasn't you know, no way it was Boozer. I'll look it up. Yeah. Just a bit. But Clarkson, like he's been a six man for a majority of his career, but I guess he's starting more now. What is he in the fantasy universe? Again, coming off a triple double last night, but what is he truly in the fantasy universe? So in points leagues, he still has value. And I'm watching his average. And I kind of, the way I run my home league is kind of the barometer I set for points leagues. And with points leagues, just so for those that, you know, don't understand the difference. Points leagues don't take percentages into consideration. It's really all about the stats. It's giving bonuses to things like assists, even steals and blocks a little bit more of a bonus because I think those are vital and harder to get naturally. So when you're looking at the points leagues with that, with my barometer, Jordan Clarkson's doing a great job. However, as much as Jordan Clarkson is doing a great job because he helps you out in multiple categories, he's having one of his worst, if not worst, shooting year of his career shooting 40%. He's not really hitting from beyond the arc at all. And it kind of frustrates me because I love Colin Sexton so much. And Jordan Clarkson, when he was out, Sexton was thriving. And with Jordan Clarkson in, it kind of limits him a little bit. So the thing with Jordan Clarkson is he's much more valuable in points leagues. He'll still get you a little bit in every category. He'll get you that big game like we just saw. But overall, when it comes to this guy, his shooting is just very up and down, 40% just not good. And 
he's when it comes to he's not doing the Jazz any favors on defense either because the way you beat Utah is getting to their point guards. It's just so easy. Even Ray can do it. What? Even Ray can do it. Yeah, even you, Ray. Um, Ray, you found this right. Oh eight, the last Utah Jazz triple double before last night was was Carlos Boozer. Twenty wow. Points. 22 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. They also had five steals for good measure. Wow. It's a big-time triple-double. Almost 1,300 games between triple-doubles for that franchise. It just shows the, the state of the franchise and how sad it is. Look, that you know, that's a problem. They can't keep – I mean, look, you, should they really have gotten rid of both Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Or should they have looked to build around them, maybe spend some more money? I don't know. Everyone's making a ton of money in the NBA these days. Spend the money. Yeah. Um, last guy, Josh Giddy. And unlike White and Clarkson, who are doing pretty well, Giddy's kind of been a letdown this year. And he's had off the field issues, off the court issues that are going on. Um, he's playing, though. I mean, he's been like in every game, I think. But the numbers are all down. And I'm just wondering for a fan, is he a buy-low guy? I mean, last year was really good, kind of a, a breakout season for Giddy. But this year, again, all the categories, Justin, have fallen, and there's the distractions away from the, the court of play. Uh, buy-low or not with Giddy? I don't think so. And I love Josh Giddy very much, but Josh Giddy is unfortunately the piece of this Thunder team that's being marginalized a little bit. They have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's Super Bowl dominant. They don't need Josh Giddy. They don't need, I mean, Josh Giddy is good at attacking the rim, but so is Shea Gilgis Alexander. So you need him to focus on his long range shooting when you've got someone like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Why? Because Shea Gilgis Alexander is one of the few players in this league that will draw a third defender as soon as he hits the paint. And what happens there? Someone's open. Mainly it's Giddy, and he's got to be knocking down shots. It takes the ball out of his hands. Also, guys, the emergence of Jalen Williams, who I brought up with you guys before, he's become one of my favorite players to watch. I just, I'm just such a 90s NBA guy where everybody was hustling, everybody was diving, everybody was playing defense. This guy is a carbon copy of the old school power forward, and he also has a little bit of offense attached. That's taken the ball out of, out of Giddy's hands. And also, let's not forget Chet Holmgren, too. Chet Holmgren can handle the rock a little bit. And not only that, Chet Holmgren can stretch the floor so he can hit longer range shots too. I just think the Thunder have more in their front court offensively. And unfortunately, it's going to hurt someone. And it's not going to hurt Lou Dort, who when he's in there, he's firing threes. It's going to hurt Josh Giddy, and he's marginalized. He is not a buy low to me. Unless, unless one of those guys suffers, God forbid, a serious injury, then Josh Giddy's usage shot volume, that'll go up. God forbid, because we here at FSD never root. For no, them. we don't want. We don't want never, these never, never no. that. Uh, um, let's see. Six game slate tonight. Uh, you and the crew will have the DFS coverage, cheat sheets, breaking it all down. Uh, we're up against the clock, so I'll let you run. But I must ask: Is this a Vince Carter or Damon Stoudemire Raptors jersey? This is actually a Vince Carter old school Raptors jersey. You got to get the dinosaur on it, you yeah. know. Yeah. When I, you know, again, when I was joining Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady here, cousins actually both on the Raptors at the same time at one point. Please, I had to join the party a little bit. T Toronto, man, has had some skilled players come through there. Uh, oh, you know, you don't think of Toronto as a great organization or franchise, but man, they've had some talent. Even Marcus Camby did well. Yeah, Marcus. No, Marcus Camby did do well. Man, those first yeah. few years were great with him. Yeah, Justin, the visits are always great with you. Thanks for the time, my man. We'll let you run. We'll let you uh, get warm. Put a sweater on, kid. It's cold. Um, so talk to you next week, okay? Thanks, Dad. No, thank you guys so much for having me. I am your dad. Ray is too. Ray's grandpa. I'm dad to Justin <laughs> Finch. Uh, great to have him. Great to talk some basketball. And again, DFS coverage each and every day over at fantasyguru.com. Discord as well. Those guys can help you out. Uh, before we get out of here, Ray, I guess the... Uh, I don't know, like like sands through the hourglass. More on Wander Franco and baseball, just real quickly. Um, and and hey, it's twenty twenty four, so we start to think about baseball. Uh, arrested by Dominican authorities yesterday, but Ray, this was for failure to appear to a summons. This is not necessarily that he has been considered arrestable because of what the court case is or the investigation, I should say. Uh, but all in all. It's just looking more and more like undraftable this year, isn't it, with Wander from? It is looking that way, yeah. And it's tough to know exactly what's going on. They tried to find him in various homes. They couldn't find him. They finally got yeah. him. It's an arraignment situation, all those kind of things. Who knows? But clearly something 
something it occurred. Something that's not yeah. that the, the authorities don't think was kosher, as they say, right? <laughs> and it's looking very much like not just this season that his career could be in trouble. Yeah. And obviously, we'll have to see how this whole thing plays out. But you mentioned earlier the, the the Trevor Bauer situation too, and Trevor Bauer's, you know, he's not someone that any MLB team's interested in. And it's yeah. different in the case of Franco because he's a young guy that we, you know an organization trying to build around and gave a huge contract to, but. There are certain scenarios that come up off the off the field that don't allow you to be on the field, and it's starting to look like what occurred with Wander Franco is one of those scenarios. Kyle, uh, he's in the uh, very very early stages of an eleven year contract with Tampa. Um, who knows what the legalities are of the contract, but Tampa's committed a lot of money to him. They don't usually do that, but they did it with Franco, um, and we shall see what develops there. Also, as we enter the new year, we are still looking for homes, uh, not because of anything off the field, as far as we know, but Cody Bellinger is still looking for a home, Blake Snell, Josh Hader. Um, it's, it's been decent on free agency, Ray, but I'd say at least half the field is still kind of sitting out there looking for homes uh, for 2024 and beyond. Yeah, every day before I shut the computer down, I give a look to the wire to see if anything's happened. Every morning I wake up, I give a look to the wire to see if anything's happened. So we have the, the big fab, uh, excuse me, free agent article over at fantasyguru.com to update. And it's kind of crickets. And I yeah. don't know, you know, we were thinking some of these big pieces, Yamamoto and stuff, would spur on. And, I mean, it's been more about the trade market the last couple of days, yeah. right? So I, I don't know, man. Ba- baseball, they – you don't sign people to make it look good for public, right? You don't need publicity that way, but you need publicity, man. You got to go. Let's go. Like you got to baseball is just, it's just sitting there. No one's doing anything. No one's spending money. Sign these guys. Like, let's go. Let's, let's get all the players going. Let's get the excitement building. They should do a better job at that. Well, and the fact of the matter, you know, you compare it to other sports, obviously the NFL never stops. They're always in the news. Um, you know, NHL, NBA, their off seasons are taking place in the summer, which is relatively speaking wide open for sports news. Um, at this juncture, sports news is everywhere. College football, NFL, NBA, NHL, and baseball rage just goes silent. It's yeah. like they just, you know, they, they can't even make enough noise. The Otani thing was big for a day and then baseball went back into its shell. And I don't know if that's ever going to change. You know, it's just a matter of the calendar, but uh, we are getting closer. Uh, what about six weeks away from spring training opening up? And Ray and I has been co- uh, Ray and uh, has been covering things over at Fantasy Guru. Uh, we're going to be coming out with a lot more. We'll let you know as we go day by day here on FSD with some of the new columns, some of the new features. Uh, the baseball season long package will be up for sale here in just a bit. So, a lot of things coming your way from the Diamond in the coming weeks and months. Uh, Ray, we are done for this Tuesday. Uh, You and I back tomorrow, 11 a.m. We'll see if we get any more uh, news concerning who's in, who's out for week 18. Uh, We'll start previewing those games. Busy, busy weekend coming our way, which is always fun. We've got some games on Saturday, a ton on Sunday. Uh, There is nothing, by the way, on Monday night football. So it's pretty well just a Saturday, Sunday kind of combo with football this weekend. But we'll be back tomorrow, full hour, kind of breaking it all down. Ray, I bid you adieu. Great stuff. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Justin Finsterman as well, talking some hoops. We will see you in uh, just about 23 hours from now at Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.